0: Joined the Success Lounge in January last year with you guys, and that has been the thing that has changed everything. Being part of that community, having the support of everyone that's in that community, things like like James Ashford reading his books. I think so much of that I have implemented in the business. The simple thing he says of you don't need those more clients; you can just sell more to your current clients. That is completely what, exactly what's happened. You're listening
1: to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Go Proposal by Sage. I've been a student of value pricing for many years now. Understanding pricing has helped me to transform our firm's results and build a firm that can run without me. A key tool we use for pricing in our firm is GoProposal. It allows us to build the price in person with the prospect and send out a proposal and engagement letter immediately, which has saved us hours from how we used to do it before. Not only that, but being able to create a standardised pricing system within the software, means everyone on my team can use it freeing me up from being the bottleneck if you're not using it already i highly recommend you check it out just head to goproposal.com forward slash sign up for your free trial. Now over to the latest episode of The Bookkeeper's Podcast. Hi and welcome to The Bookkeeper's Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman and I'm here with Laura Green from LG Virtual
0: Services. Hi Laura, how are you? Hi. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I'm really good. How are you? Yeah,
1: I'm really good. I'm loving Bootcamp Week. Had some amazing conversations yesterday and uh, I'm getting some great feedback from people who've like watched back some of the replays and like, right, I'm taking some action now in my business and I just, I love that. Like, it's only day two. So, um, yeah, it's jam packed, though. I'm already <laughs> feeling the pressure of the schedule. <laughs> I'm excited to speak to you, Laura. Um, we did a little shout out in our success lounge, and we said, you know, who would like to come and have a chat with us about growing a practice and what the um, like recession has meant, and whether you know what that's meant about how how you've changed the way you're running your business and how you're growing. And uh, and you sent me a great email, and you said, look, I'd love to talk about what's happening for me. So and thank you so much for that. So it's such an inspirational story, and I think that in a very short time frame, you've made some really big changes in your business. So. Um, Laura, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your background before you started a practice, and what what sort of motivated you to start your practice in the first place?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, so I so the, the business is two and a half years old now. Um, I started it in lockdown. Um, so prior to that, I'd been with a company for twelve years. Um, pretty much my whole working life. Um, started as kind of accounts junior, like an accounts assistant they sponsored my AAT qualifications I did all of that with them um and then I just grew with the company they got bigger and bigger and um you know from about 30 people when I first started to about 150 maybe um and yeah grew from kind of accounts assistant I worked my way up to finance manager um I was also uh, PA to the MD for quite a big chunk of that as well so there was it was kind of like I was really involved in the thick of everything there um saw so many changes happen um and like went through a lot with them as well so my um it was a really close-knit business um my two brothers and my mum and my cousin we all also worked there together um and when during that time my mum actually got diagnosed with cancer and um she was the receptionist she was like the bright cheerful you know front of house she was everyone loved her she was amazing um and a, basically it was terminal and uh she didn't get better and um you know they were so supportive it was it was amazing she was on a trial a drugs trial um so we had to go to london every couple of weeks they you know i was basically allowed to do whatever i needed to do be with her um and yeah it was it, it was amazing but i mean we we you know we lost her almost 2 years later and it just felt like we'd just been through so much you know as a family and as a business There were you know they were so involved in all of it you know they knew everything that was happening um her funeral we we arranged it for a weekend because we wanted everyone at work to be able to go without them having to close the office and um yeah so that kind of follows on later as to why i I think when something like that happens your mindset changes massively um and the way you look at life and um you know the fact you've only you know you might not be here for as long as you think you're going to be so carried on working for the company but it was kind of never never really the same it was really quite hard to kind of walk through those doors every day um and you know she wasn't there and um I went on about a year later to have my little boy had a year off um for maternity leave um which again they were really supportive with that was great and then it came to discussing coming back and I was just adamant I didn't want to come back full-time um I wanted, I wanted to have Fridays off ideally. And I, you know, I made it clear if, you know, if that wasn't going to happen, then I, you know, thank you, but I, I'll go and look for something else. Um, So there was a lot of back and forth. No, not happy about it. No, no one else does it. You know, Um, in the end they agreed to it. So um, I went back uh, in the January, 2020, uh, four days a week, but yeah, it just, it just never felt the same. I don't, I don't feel that, you know, they were necessarily on board with the four days a week or, or some people maybe weren't um and then before you know it uh covid came in like kind of march april time um and i you know me along with quite a few others were furloughed um and it just gradually became more and more clear that i was probably one of the top of the list to get made redundant and it was just so shocking to me that you know I I really worked hard for that business for you know 12 years and we've been through so much and you know I, I just I just felt really hurt um that you know I could they could just drop someone like that really um and it just it just like set this determination and kind of fire in me that you know I don't want anyone else to have to to be responsible for whether I've got a job or not ever again. Um, you know, got a, a one-year-old at the time had just moved house. I just couldn't, I just needed that to be my responsibility. And um I, you know, I was just so determined to make it work. And I was determined that it also wouldn't be down to someone else as to whether I could go and pick my son up from school every day um and drop him off and have the Fridays off and you know have some time off in the holidays. So that was what led me to decide. Right, I'm going to use this furlough time, and uh, you know, I had about maybe six months' worth of redundancy pay that covered my bills. I'm going to use all this time to kind of research you know, everything that I could possibly can, get everything set up, um, and yeah, do my best. And it, it just basically had to work. So that's what led me to <laughs> to start in the business.
1: It's, uh, it's amazing. Someone's just said in the comments, "I feel this." That's my biggest why. I think what you said about um like the flexibility in this industry is definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. I I that's a big thing for me that comes up a lot. Um and you went through so much Laura. That's um you just had so much going on and I can see why you felt I have to have a change here and you yeah. you felt that I have to take control now and and decide what's going to be right for me and that just I really admire that and respect that and well done because I know that you've oh, you have you. made it work you said I've got to make it work and you have made it work so yeah yeah
0: well, well done what a what a journey
1: it was yeah it
0: was and to to be honest it didn't even I didn't actually start out necessarily as book a bookkeeper um because I'd kind of done the PA work I I kind of mm-hmm. heard this term VA and I was like oh I don't really know what this is about so research that loads and I actually almost That's I actually okay. really
1: so, so yeah. yeah, your background, you said you've been like a PA and yeah. so it makes like it makes sense to me, but can you just describe for anyone listening like what a VA is and what a VA does? Yeah.
0: So um a VA is a virtual assistant. Um and they can you can have a general VA that might, you know, do all sorts of admin. That they can basically pick up everything. A lot of them will have a niche. Um So you might get a marketing VA or you might get a diary, you know, that's amazing at diaries or email management. Um, And I kind of, you know, I'd heard about niche. So I thought, Oh, maybe I could be a VA. I can offer my PA experience and I can offer bookkeeping. Maybe that will be my niche as a VA will be bookkeeping. So, um, so yeah, I kind of just went for it. um, And as the business has grown, I did initially take on all sorts of work, um, a lot of general VA stuff, but pretty much every single client I've come across as a VA needed a bookkeeper as well, or and, and maybe actually needed a bookkeeper more than they necessarily needed a VA that they originally thought they needed, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time there is crossover with you know admin and accounts work. Um, so it's almost changed from me launching as a VA kind of niching in bookkeeping that now I'm seen more as a bookkeeper and I mean, almost niche in VAs I've got quite a few VA clients that are big you know big VA companies with big teams and they're yeah they're probably the majority of of my clients now um because I understand their business I've been in that kind of business um you know I can benchmark them against each other and and, and stuff like that so it's yeah it's got, it's been a funny journey but um yeah, I, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, my, my business has changed quite a lot. I still do take on some VA work, but I now outsource that to um, VAs that I have on my team. Um, and yeah, like I say, pretty much every single client has needed a bit of both. So it's worked out quite well. That's
1: really interesting. So did you, when you were offering VA work originally, were you approaching VAs or were you, to no, work you were approaching small businesses looking but, for VA
0: work? A little bit of both. So obviously, at the start, you're just desperate for any anything, somewhere to come and pay the bills. So I joined an a, a VA agency that was that wasn't my, like a one VA with a big team. That was a big company. Um, they that paid a really shockingly bad, bad rate, but I got some work through them. Um, and they almost did push that book signing, bookkeeping side of me to to potential clients. Um, I worked as what they call an associate for another VA. So she subcontracted to me and I worked for her clients. So I kind of um, worked my way up. Yeah, get, yeah, getting people from there. Some people, word of mouth, one or two from social media. I'm not great with social media at all. So I haven't had um, a lot of work through through that. But yeah, it's it was just a little bit of pushing and pushing and telling everyone I knew what I was doing um, and then telling everyone they knew about what I was doing. Um, and yeah, just how not giving have you done,
1: how have you done how have you been telling people that you're like here and available for work
0: what what kind of marketing have you been doing so at the start I did when I had a lot more time on my hands right at the beginning in this kind of research launching phase I was um on Instagram and Facebook a lot and I you know I'd share that um and my friends and family would share posts on there. LinkedIn as well um I did get you know, one of my clients from LinkedIn, and they're still with me now. Um, I was trying. Yeah, I never have really liked to say. You know, to feel like I'm selling. It's not not me at all. Um, but uh, yeah, and then and then it's been word of mouth, especially in the v- the VA clients. That's all been you know one kind of saying to one of their other VA friends. Oh, you know, Laura does this for me, and it you know has taken so much, so much off my plate. Um, that yeah, so a lot a lot of it's word of mouth to be honest, and I did. I was a lot better at social media at the beginning than I am now, but it is on my list of things to get help with.
1: (laughs) You can't do everything, Laura. I think And
0: you know, I know that
1: you've got this great client base now. So tell me, so your typical client now, what kind of client, what does that look like and what kind of work are you doing for them?
0: Um, So that every single client is a a service provider um, online. So they're very much open to the virtual way of working. Um, all on zero except one and I wouldn't take anyone that isn't on zero now um and I like them to be they're all they all turn over between a quarter of a million and five million um so I haven't got a huge I've got nine clients at the moment so it's not quantity but they're big clients and for them for pretty much all of them we're kind of an all-in-one accounts department um and with most of them I started off they just wanted someone to like maybe raise their invoices, get close to the business to understand who their customers were and what the what the business model looks like and maybe do their invoice in once a month. And from doing that, it's just then built up and built up oh, can you do the bank rec? Oh how about do you want me to process your supplier invoices and you know um your guys' expenses and it's just built up um through there. So now um they yeah everyone's pretty much accounts and a little bit of admin department depending on the clients and just recently um i've started subcontracting out management accounts and cash flow um forecasts so that's i think we've got that in place for three of the clients now and um it's made a huge difference they like you know they're just real like, the, the reports that can be produced are amazing and um i wouldn't have had the confidence i think to although i can do it and i've done it you know in, in excel based on sage data i'd never um done it you know from for my own business so having the support of someone um that I can subcontract it to that really knows what they're doing and produces these amazing pretty reports that the clients are really impressed with um it's made a huge a huge difference um and mm-hmm. yeah people are just they're just growing more and more and wanting more and more services now um, and now I feel confident to, to provide it now I've got a, you know a good team um around me It's it's working really really well
1: um we talk about advisory quite a lot and i think it's something that's going to come up this week we're talking to a float about cash flow forecasting and i you know i know that it's something that can really help clients um, you said that you didn't necessarily have the confidence and it was something you looked to outsource how did you start to offer advisory services in the first place how did that conversation come up with your clients was it you saying
0: hey would, could i help you with this or was it them saying actually we need more information yeah do you know what, with each of them, I think it's been, they kind of said to me, oh, you know, I've got a meeting, they might have a coach, for example, I've got a meeting with my coach um this quarter, can you run me off a PL from zero? And for the first while I was doing that, um, and that would be it. And then when I kind of was speaking more and more to the clients, you know, that, you know, they really want to be closer to the numbers, they want to one of them's their business birthday is in the summer and they want to throw a bit of a party for everyone and they want to have a budget and they have no idea what the budget for that's going to be. So it's just through having these conversations um, that people, yeah, that, that then I'm able to say, oh, actually, why don't we, um, you know, pull off, I, I can make this report a lot better for you. In fact, the one that I've just, um, we've just kind of agreed, we've agreed the letter of engagement to do this for her she she wasn't having any reporting done at all um and i priced it for her and she said oh you know can't we just pull it off zero um it's you know i think that you know it's a little bit expensive can we just pull off the report from zero rather than having all these software costs and such a high fee for doing it and i was like oh, i really want you to i really want you to see how amazing this report is so i just used one of the the ones i'd done for another client redacted all the information and she's like wow i love it 100% want that um and so she signed up for it straight away, kind of no questions asked. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's just about asking asking the question. like, Oh, actually, we can we can do this for you. That'd probably be really useful. Um, and just yeah, having a bit more open open dialogue with them in terms of like where their business is going, what they've got planned for the you know the year, and um, what yeah what yeah what like, what information they need that will help them them plan better and feel more confident in kind of where they're going.
1: Amazing. Okay, that that's really interesting, because I think there'll be people thinking I don't even know how to get started with this. And it just shows how it's about communication It's about starting yeah. conversation.
0: 100%. Yeah. Okay, so
1: you told me, um, you've, I know that you've grown your practice over the last year or so. Um, in fact, you said, when you emailed me, you said you doubled your turnover, you're close, you're on track for six figures now. And um, can you tell me, what I know, you've added more services. So clearly, you've got income coming in from advisory services you didn't offer before. Yeah. Um,
0: what else has changed in your business? So uh, I, it's, it's a yeah, a combination of things. So in the last year, so I joined the Success Lounge in January last year with you guys, um, and that has been kind of the, <laughs> the thing that has changed everything. So it's it's being part of that community, um having the support of everyone that's in that community things like like James Ashford reading his books I think so much of that I have I have implemented in the business the simple thing he says of you don't need loads more clients you can just sell more to your current clients it's completely what exactly what's happened I wasn't even consciously thinking oh James Ashford said this I'm going to try it it's just it's just genuinely what's happened I, I think in that 12 months I've taken on two new clients and my revenues over doubled and profit is yeah up, I think 50% um and I've taken you know, and I subcontract out a lot more than I was a year ago so um I think it's all really a mindset thing um I didn't yeah I didn't have the confidence to offer extra services i I said so this time January last year everyone was on hourly pricing so I implemented go proposal pretty much everyone is now on package pricing um and that was a you know a massive jump in itself there there was a little bit of pushback from one client on that um but everyone else didn't question it at all um I make sure I review them so just at the end of last year I had to I did a three month kind of review of um, a client's pricing because a bit seasonal and they you know loads of their staff had been for a massive event and so there was you know 20 expenses for every single employee every day so um you know went and reviewed that and there's no questions asked because you can explain it and say oh there's you know 100 extra transactions um on average now so we need to we need to increase the price for that um so yeah it's all been i'd say yeah mostly mindset um in terms of what what's changed in the business and confidence and having people around me that um are like-minded and are happy to support and yeah just amazing at what they do as well so um between us we can carry on providing this brilliant service whilst actually offering more services as well
1: amazing um how so how did you feel about changing your pricing like your structures going from hourly rate to quoting a fixed price like how did you really feel going into the first conversations about repricing
0: dawn it was daunting um and I, I didn't have the confidence to do it all live. I kind of would run it all through as a little draft and see, oh my gosh, how, you know, is that a lot more, you know, and try and, yeah, think, try and like preempt how the client's gonna feel when I put it across to them. But um, I kind of started with the the ones I thought would be, you know, the most uh, agreeable with it and, and went from there. But every single one, except except one, and that one has, she, so she wasn't happy with the price of bank rec. Um, so she said she'd take it back herself already mm-hmm. she's given it back to me <laughs> at the point right. yeah she doesn't obviously want to set that side of time every week she you know might not know you know the fat rules and stuff as much um doesn't want to be doing it basically so um yeah the only kickback I have has now kind of corrected okay. itself anyway I,
1: I suppose as well for you it if you were like well I'm not getting paid enough to do this so she's fine if she doesn't want to pay my the right price for yeah. it then we can have it back that's fine yeah. but then coming back, and, actually I can see why you're charging yeah
0: yeah exactly exactly but yeah everyone else um I did them on loom so instead of doing them live I ran them through go proposal um as a draft kind of made sure it was right in my head as to why prices were the price they were and then um filmed a loom so at least there was a little bit more of a personal touch and me talking them through it um and then i sent that over to them and was like you know obviously we can jump on a call um mm. if you want to adjust anything um but no, no one no one has set that one that took bank back everyone either went with it or asked for more um more services um so we do payroll well, um via subcontracting in the group as well now um so we've got a couple of those that have come on and yeah it's just yeah it's just growing and it's um yeah it's amazing it's really impressive um
1: you, you said right at the beginning one of the things you really wanted when you were employed was that flexibility you wanted to have Fridays off does the way you run the business now mean that you get that flexibility
0: yeah 100% it's my non-negotiable I will not work on a Friday like, initially in a way I miss it because I miss the accountability call oh, yeah you on Friday. <laughs> but um for now no my little boy doesn't go to preschool on a Friday and I will not work on a Friday um, So we'll not work on a Friday and drop off and pick up every single day. It's not up for like discussion. It's just not happening. Don't get me wrong, I often work in the evenings, like those five hours that they're at at school is a really short day. Um so I'm often catching up on bits for an hour or two in the evenings. But yeah, hundred percent it has it has worked. And I would never have got that in, even if I'd have got the Fridays off, I would I'd have done a nine to five thirty. I'd have, you know, seen him for half an hour maybe um at bedtime and And that was it and it's like I say what happened with my mum and stuff it it's never been um an option to miss out on more than I need to of of his life um and yeah we only get one shot at it and they're only this small once. and you know he's going to be starting school in September so maybe I will make the odd Friday then but um yeah at the moment it's yeah and I love it and I make sure we do stuff and I try and be present and all this um all the stuff that, yeah, I really, when I imagined having a child that I wanted to be like, I've actually been able to make it happen because of the business, um, yeah, that I made it work around around that so I can I can do all the things that I wanted to do. So, And that's the most important thing to me, you know. Um, I'd prefer to subcontract more and more um, as long as I still can keep my Fridays um, with him and, you know, pick him up and drop him off. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's what's the most important thing to me at the moment.
1: I love that. Um so, so you do a lot of subcontracting and you've mentioned your team a bit. Mm-hmm. And do you just work with subcontractors at the moment?
0: Yeah, so um I've yeah, I've I've got three VA VAs that I subcontract to and three bookkeepers accountants um in the group that I subcontract to. Each of them, each of them does a, a, a kind of a different part of it. Um so yeah, at the moment it's just subcontracting, but I, I'm t- I'm toying with the idea of maybe an employee later on this year. Um, I'd love to like help someone be able to do what I'm doing, you know, in in terms of, you know, maybe another mum that needs that that flexibility and wants to work from home. And because I know that there's not many jobs out there at all um, that that offer that to us. So, um, I'm, yeah, I'm toying with the idea. I'm going uh, limited and VAT registered uh over the, i'm in the process of changing over at the moment so i think once i've got that in place i'll um I'll, yeah i'm thinking of looking at you know uh, an employee to kind of do you know the more basic bookkeeping and maybe a bit of admin and um yeah that's yes yeah, so that's where i'm thinking
1: something that comes up quite a lot with um we, i suppose we i think i mentioned this last night actually when we were doing the live in the facebook group one of the things that comes up is you know Uh, being a six-figure bookkeeper it's a turnover figure right and then of course to be able to to service some of the things that you're offering you're bringing subcontractors in to support you or you know might have an employee and but obviously this is a viable business for you to be running so um in terms of you how profitable your business is has your profit grown over the last year
0: yeah it has yeah um I think it's up about 45 percent on what it was um last year so of, yeah of course when you very first do it you're yeah you've suddenly got
1: yeah you have got an extra cost but there's a leap isn't there there's this like step yeah. of oh my gosh yeah. because I think people think I'm give I'm going to bring this money in but I'm going to give it straight
0: back out it yeah. doesn't work like that yeah and it's, I, it's horrible it's to think, but it does work and it always it, it always seems to work out that kind of when something like that happens, a new customer, like a new client comes, I think it was around the time I did that. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to drop this much in in profit, but I don't want to be working till 10 o'clock every single night. So I need to do it. And then a new client came on a lot of, a lot of that is subcontracted out. So it almost, yeah, works itself out. And then, you know, like I say, people adding more services or making sure there's no scope creep. So I keep repricing people if, if it's going up it, yeah, it's just, it has, it has worked. Um, I think it's the
1: pricing, Laura. I think it's because you've got the, the confidence to have the right pricing. It means that you've built this in. I think one of the challenges that bookkeepers have all the time, like when we've run the pricing survey before, is that we're pricing something we think, oh, that's way more than I would earn in employment but we haven't factored in the costs and the tax that we're going to pay on that or and the like non-chargeable time yeah Um, and it doesn't give us room to subcontract anything so we have to think differently about pricing
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah it's made a huge difference and like I say I don't I've got nine clients I'm not sending out proposals every month you know let alone every week but I I'd still pay for go proposal you know I do still pay for go proposal and I I wouldn't give it up even though I'm not actually sending out proposals all the time but it more than pays for itself I know people people think it's expensive especially if you're not sending out a proposal every week but for me it's completely worth it and it's it's like i think joe joe said before it's kind of that our computer says no kind of thing if someone you know wants says oh that's too expensive or okay then we'll have to take that take that line out and um, which is and i have stuck to it um, when it's been when it's been questioned and it's it's worked out well so um yeah Cow
1: um this week we really want to focus on uh, like the recession and the the economy and what that means for people's businesses and how we can carry on growing and you've got a success story of i mean starting a business during covid growing your business and still growing and um, has has any have any of the recent events like made a difference to what your clients are prepared to pay or how they feel about their businesses or working with you no
0: um I can't say it has no I'm very much I think pretty much everyone said yesterday as well I'm of the same thinking I don't watch the news and I don't want to consume my
1: my mind with any
0: of the like like we we said if there's something big to hear about we'll get an email when the interest rate went up for example last Mm -hmm. last week um uh we yeah I think anything that we need to know about we're going to hear about so I don't yeah I'm not focused on it at all um I've I'm always having those kind of conversations with clients, like I say, about, you know, oh, would a cash flow help you to, to like plan that? And, you know, like, like with Float um, that we're about to implement, you know, you can have access to it and fiddle around with the numbers. So you can do a bit of scenario planning and stuff like that. And just general, like the smallest thing, like, um, oh, you're still paying your overseas suppliers from your current account. You Why don't you set up a Wise account and you'll save save some money there? And just like, just small things that, just from getting, I, I think because I know all my clients' businesses so well, it's not a, they come to me once a year and um, and you know I'm just I'm just filing the accounts. I don't offer that service, but um, yeah, I think because I, I I know the businesses pretty well. There's there's always without really realizing it, conversations happening, and you know me suggesting maybe a, a quicker or better or cheaper way um, to do things that um, they can consider. So I don't, yeah, I don't think. And because they all took me on, most of them have been with me from near and off the start, they all took me on at quite a tricky time that they're not in the field that's, you know, in an area that's really going to be too, too impacted by um, the recession. So, yeah, I think as long as they're all confident with the service I'm providing and that their numbers are correct and we're able to report on that for them, then I don't think it's changed anything massively for them, to be honest. Um,
1: So, no. You're a really great example of someone who really is a, a business partner. You're there, you know, their business is inside out, you know, other businesses like theirs. So you've got yeah. that, like you're able to give those insights that they might not have by just being in that silo of looking at their own business yeah. and you're able to like identify those opportunities and somewhere they can save and say, Oh, have you thought about it like this? Or could I give you this? And I think if you're so close to the business that's really valuable for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love that about them. I mean, at the same time, it does make me think. Mm, how can I remove myself even more from the day-to-day work? But maybe, maybe the em- employee route might be um, the way to kind of, yeah, get that ball rolling a bit more. I don't get me wrong. There's there's definitely quite a lot of work that's subcontracted out. But with some of them, um, yeah, I don't I, I don't want to lose touch of knowing you know, knowing their businesses really well. But um, yeah, so there,
1: it's like yeah. working out how do you so you're, you're going to become limited soon, you're potentially going to bring an employee in who's going to take on some of the work, maybe from subcontractors, or you're going to ch- change things up about how it runs. Yeah. And it's then those like systems so that you don't have to be That's the person it. saying all the time, hey, have you done this? Have you-? Yeah. Although they'd really love to speak to you, Laura, yeah. it's <laughs> a level of how do I need to not do like not do everything in the business?
0: that's it yeah that's exactly it so I think yeah I think that's definitely kind of next steps is kind of setting the foundations for for that and sh- I've got quite a few processes you know in place for some clients not necessarily for others so yeah it's just going to be about trying to put in the groundwork to make sure that it's all as, as streamlined and kind of yeah documented as possible so that yeah I can step away but I mean it's been amazing I think I, I posted in the group in the summer holidays because of some of the work I subcontract I was able to have like three out of the six weeks off completely of summer holidays and that was I could never have imagined that the year before that it was it was amazing um and everything was absolutely fine and um yeah nothing nothing could happen so yeah it's it does even if you do take a bit of a hit on your profit that kind of, that's worth it to me because um I'd prefer <laughs> I'd prefer to spend the summer holidays with my little boy so um yeah I guess it's just making it work for for you and your why and what's important and um, what's right for your business right now. So,
1: yeah. amazing. Oh, Laura, thank you so much for chatting to me this morning and sharing your story. I know there are lots of people mm. here who are saying it sounds like me and that's the journey. <laughs> so, thank you for sharing. And um, can you tell us how people can connect with you and uh, find out more about what you do?
0: Yeah. Um, best place is probably LinkedIn. So, um, I'm just Laura Green on LinkedIn um, and Instagram, I think. My Instagram is LG underscore virtual services. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> That's like clearly how bad I am with it. Um, but yeah, uh yeah, so they're probably the best two places. Um, and I, I am I am speaking to some people soon to help me with my social media so that I get a bit more present um on there. So uh yeah, yeah, a bit more visible.
1: Lovely. Oh, thanks so much, Laura. And thank that you everyone no my pleasure and thanks everyone who's joined us live i'm going to be back at one o'clock i'm having a chat with Catherine frimmons at lunchtime about her bookkeeping practice so come and join me then and i'll see you later on take care thanks laura bye, thanks, bye. don't forget to join us every week for the bookkeepers podcast for topical bookkeeping chat why not join our free facebook group the six figure bookkeepers club or visit us at the Sixfigurebookkeeper.com.